Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. Here's Neil Keith. All right, the Yankees return home after a 10-game, uh, 10-day road trip uh, that started uh, in Minnesota, went to Texas, uh, back up to Chicago. Now the off day, they return home after going 6-4 and four on that road trip. The last time they'll have to go outside the Eastern time zone in the final two months of the season. Uh, they return home with a first place still in the AL East to play the Red Sox for three, and then the Blue Jays, the Re, uh, you know, sort of rejuvenated and new look Blue Jays this weekend in the Bronx. And joining me as he always does before each home stand is uh, Bald Vinny, Vinny Milano uh, from the right field Bleacher Creatures section 203 at Yankee Stadium, and also of uh, Bald Vinny's House of Teas at baldvinny.com. Vin, how's it going today? Doing good. How are you doing? Ready to see that we're uh, cruising along in first place. Great road trip. Very excited with the uh, quote unquote easy part of our schedule, home home stretch. I know, and I feel like we keep talking about how as long as they keep on winning and staying first, we have to keep doing these podcasts, so it doesn't look like uh, we're going anywhere anytime soon. No, and I'm happy to do so. It gives me something to do. I keep telling you this on my off nights. I keep flying around this time, and I'm getting a little bored with no Yankee games to watch, so I'm happy to chat a little baseball with you, and hopefully your listeners out there are enjoying our perspective a little bit, and uh, we'll keep it up as long as the Yankees keep winning. Well, uh, let's start where uh, we left off last time we talked. Uh, they've been in first place. They've sort of kept the same lead that they've had since the last time we talked. It's gone up and down a little bit, but uh, right around six games. And uh, and now here they are after the trade deadline. They didn't do anything except get Dustin Ackley, uh, basically the Stephen Drew, Brendan Ryan uh, clone. And uh, they kept they held on to the young talent, which is the first time they've done that since uh, George was banned from baseball. So to see this team hold on to you know Judge and Bird and Severino and Mateo, and now here they are uh, bringing Severino up for his first start against the Red Sox, which is something I feel like the Yankees would have never done if the Red Sox were in the position they were in. They never let someone make their major league debut against Boston, even if it was in New York. But the Luis Severino will be in uh, Yankee Stadium pitching on Wednesday night. And it's sort of uh, a breath of fresh air to see the Yankees try to make their own stars rather than buy, buy other people's. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes the best moves you make are the ones that you don't make. You know, we have a, a lot of hot young prospects right now. I think they're, the Yankees are really high on all of them. They're going to inject a little bit of youth into this organization. Uh, and I think it's, it's exciting. You know, I, I'm really psyched for Severino on Wednesday. And again, I think you, you, you hit right on the head. It, unless the Sox were, you know, in the basement, I don't think anybody would ever see a rookie start against, you know, the Red Sox even at home. Uh, but I'm glad he's getting the opportunity. It shows that they have a lot of confidence in him. They really believe in him. Uh, and, you know, if that's what they're going to go with, then, you know, all power to him, man. Let's see a great start on Wednesday. What I'm really concerned with is Tuesday, uh, we need a good start from Tanaka. Uh, you know, the rest of our, our, our starting five, Top Tanaka and CC, big, big question marks with Pineda on the shelf right now. Uh, those are the guys that are really going to have to step up if we want to protect his lead in the AL. 
Yeah, the rotation is certainly a question, and Tanaka has been a little shaky of late. Now Pineda's out, and uh, that coming, you know, right before the trade deadline, it made me think that maybe they'd uh, sort of, uh, you know, get a little impatient and go out and get a starter. And it's not like it would have been the end of the world if they did, because they could certainly use one since they moved Warren to the bullpen, and now he's not really stretched out. And Brian Mitchell pitched the other day, and he was all right. Um, the depth has sort of shrunk on them, and uh, you you look at the trade deadline, and there's the heaviest rumor with the Yankees was that they were trying to get Craig Kimbrell to sort of make the most ridiculous bullpen in the history of baseball. And that sort of puzzled me because the games are short enough as is with Batantis Miller and, and even with Shreve and Wilson. Um, I, I just didn't think it would have been the, the greatest move to go and overpay for a closer when you already have two guys capable of the job. And that's really a position of strength and not something they needed. Well, you know, the only move we made was the head scratcher. You know, Dustin Ackley, another guy, you know, Jack Curry tweeted out the news and my first response was, why? I mean, it just made no sense to me whatsoever. Um, you know, and, and maybe they're preparing themselves uh, for a little more flexibility in the long run. Uh, maybe, you know, thinking next year and beyond. Uh, I, I really don't know. But, you know, that, that's the same thing with Kimball. You know, like, why? Uh, you know, it really didn't make any sense. But, you know, I think the really positive aspect is seeing these distress points that we had, you know, with uh, Pineda going on the shelf and CC and Tanaka and not making a panic move, you know, where in the past you could have definitely seen that happen, uh, you know, going and dumping some resources in, in a short-term rental that you're going to wind up being disappointed with in the long term. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that that didn't happen. Uh, you know, and really at this point, I mean, Yankee fans who complaining about not making moves, I mean, really, Cashman has earned the benefit of the doubt right now. I think every everybody kind of needs to get off their case a little bit and, and let the guys do their work and, and, and see where it pans out right now. We're in a good position. If we were in the Blue Jays position where you're fighting for that second wild card spot, you're five and a half out of the division, uh, I mean, you, obviously your priorities might be a little bit different, but we're sitting in the, in the top division. So uh, it gives us certainly a different outlook. And we've said it a million times, you know, we're going to make our own destiny in the next month and a half. Uh, you know, 13 games against Toronto, you know, six against, I think it's six or eight against Baltimore. Um, you know, so so we have our own our own work cut out for us, but all on the East Coast should be quote unquote quote unquote easy. So we'll see how it rolls. Well, there was this sort of idea around the trade deadline that the Yankees have overachieved this season and they shouldn't be where they are, so there's no need to go, uh, you know, make a panic move and try to make a team better that isn't supposed to be good. And I sort of went against that because I feel like the Yankees, everyone's playing to the way they they should have played the last two years, and if they had and hadn't gotten hurt and hadn't underachieved, they would have been in the playoffs the last two years the way they had been for so many years before. And and to sort of go against that point as well, I feel like, you know, with the season A-Rod's had and the season Teixeira's had and they've both stayed healthy and McCann's bounced back from a horrible year, um, it just seems like, if anything, now would be the time to make a move to bolster this team heading forward because you don't know what you're going to get next year or the year after with those guys still on the books. So, um, you know, I I guess I'm split down the middle. I am happy that we're going to get to see these young stars here, um, and hopefully they do become stars, and hopefully we're not seeing the next, you know, Jabba Kennedy Hughes trifecta, um, or, you know, hopefully Mateo's not Nunez and we didn't not give him up for someone that's already proven. But um, for right now, I'm happy with what they did, but uh, it's certainly... You know, Cashman certainly has left himself open to get Monday morning quarterbacked at some point if these kids don't work out. Right, but yeah, like I said, at some point, like you do have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like they are smart baseball minds, and maybe they're they're learning from some of these mistakes in the past. You know, the, the overmanaging and 
the, the micromanaging so much and, and kind of quote unquote imploding guys' careers, you know what I mean? Um, if you're hoping that, that they, they learn from these mistakes and they grow and you know, develop these players into proper future all-stars, I mean, that's all you can hope for. That's why you put your face in the team. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get to sit in those meetings. You and I don't get to make any of these decisions. People ask me all the time, what would you do here? What would you do here? It doesn't matter what I would do here because you know what? I don't get to sit in on that meeting. So you have to put some faith in the front office. You have to put some faith in just as much in the front office as you do in the guys on the field. You know, and like I said, I think Cashman's earned, earned a little bit of respect at this point, you know. Uh, we're sitting pretty, whether it's that we're overachieving or everybody else is underachieving. Uh, I think we're, if we go 500 through this next stretch, I think we're projected to win like 93 games. Uh, that, that's pretty damn good. I, I, that's pretty good overachieving, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like uh, when it comes to this roster and the players that we've talked about all season, um, outside of uh, Didi Gregorius, his family, I think you were the only other person that believed in him and thought he would turn it around. <laughs> 12, and... RBIs on this, 12 RBIs on this road trip. I believe <laughs> you bring it up, man. Uh, so happy to see Didi on both sides of the ball again, uh, you know, offensively and defense, defensively. You know, still those defensive hiccups every once in a while. But, uh, you know, 12 RBIs in the bottom, you know, when the guy hits in the bottom of your lineup, uh, that's really essential for some of these blowout games, you know, that we're seeing some of these uh, big innings, you know, we're going to score four or five runs. It's just not your top two or three guys that are hitting that seeing production through your whole, whole, whole lineup. Um, you have to string a bunch of hits together in order to do so. So that's a very, very encouraging thing. Henry as well, um, you know, bottom third of the lineup producing. You, you even got to say, Stephen Drew, Brendan Ryan coming through uh, uh, with, with the bats on the road trip too. So, uh, all encouraging signs, and those are the things you want to see keep clicking uh, as we roll through these last last month and a half or so. Well, with Stephen Drew, we've been uh, pretty adamant against him being on this team, and he should be gone. Yeah. And he, he's now he's yep. getting close to 200, but you know from what we saw with Rob Refschneider and and the rumors that uh, he got sent down because of a bad attitude and had issues with players on the team, and whether or not that's true, I feel like at some point he needs to come back up, and it needs to happen before September because. You know, while Stephen Drew, I mean, yeah, he's going to come through sometimes. Anyone would if they're given a million chances, but he doesn't come through enough. And if someone has right. to go between him and Ryan, I'd rather see it be Ryan because at least Drew can hit one out every once in a while. But um, it still puzzles me that both of those guys are on the team. See, I, I don't know. I, I go the other way. Ryan's got the cool stash, and I'm going to go with him. <laughs> uh, it, you know, but I feel like he's got a little more hunger. You know, he's playing with a little more urgency because he went down early in that strength training with that injury, so I feel like he's got a little more fight in him, a little more food. I, I, I don't know. I, I've kind of given up on him. Uh, <laughs> but I agree with you. I think you know, the Ref Snyder new blood coming in uh, is going to be a rejuvenation thing. I think that all that talk about the bad attitude, I think that's BS, man. I, I don't really foresee that coming from a young kid like that. Man, how do you come up with such an opportunity and square with a bad attitude? Does it strike me... Um, that's something that would have been tolerated within the Yankee organization for this long. Has he shown any glimmer of having a bad attitude? Um, so I really don't put too much stock into that. I want to see the kid come up and do his job. I want to see the young guys put a spark into this team uh, to help carry through the last month and a half. And I think you're going to see a lot of these young guys coming up in, in really pivotal spots. We have, you saw it a lot with the bullpen. Uh, you know, We got a lot of length uh, through our pitching staff and our bullpen by making some key moves. Um, some waiver wire guy, you know, guys who had, had uh, what do you call them there? 
options left, and you know we were able to take advantage of our flexibility. So hopefully these guys are going to carry us through the last month and a half, and uh, we have a, a very great shot at winning the AL East, I think. Yeah, I think so too, and I I keep tweeting every couple of games what the what the rest of the East has to do if the Yankees just go 500 the rest of the way, and I feel like they're not going to go 500 the rest of the way, and if they were to, uh, the Orioles and Blue Jays would have to go 12 games over just to tie them, so they're in a pretty good spot, but now with uh, 13 games left against Toronto, and now their lineup of uh, you know the top being Tulowitzki, Donaldson, Batista, Encarnacion, and David Price, um, I'm yep. still not scared of their pitching because of the fact that Price is really their only one true guy that you you'd have to be scared of, and the Yankees have handled him well uh, since he came to the majors. But that's a pretty uh, vaunted lineup and easily would be the best in baseball if they continue to play the way they have been over the last five or six days. And uh, I'm just thankful that CeCe Sabathia is pitching on Wednesday, uh, Thursday night and not Friday against Toronto. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I, like, yeah Toronto's definitely uh, putting together a hell of a lineup right now. And you, like I said, you see they're making a, a run at the wild card spot. Uh which is, in a way, it's great. In a way, I mean, you you know, in that first round, Price is going to go twice in those five games. So uh, that's on one hand, that's a benefit. On you know, on another hand, that could be a negative. Um, so it, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it goes. And um, these thirteen games are probably the most important of this last half. The Baltimore games going to take a lead. Like I said, you had to go. Would you say 12, 12 games over five hundred just to tie? Um, I, I think that's a pretty tall feat for too much anybody at this point, uh, especially after I got in the division. So, uh, you know, the, the games against Toronto are probably going to be the ones most under the microscope. And, and yeah, I'm glad CC's on Friday. Well, with CC, the last time we talked, he was just coming off of uh, one of his best starts of the year, and we sort of said, hey, you know, yeah. they stuck with it, yeah. he's turning it around. And now he's like a five inning, five run, hundred pitch guy, three home runs a game. It's been it's been a disaster. And I I always like to think ahead. And because they're in a position now where it looks like we'll be uh, in the playoffs, at least in the ALDS, where you're guaranteed the three games. And to think ahead, if Pineda's healthy and you've got Tanaka or Pineda in games one and two, and then I'd feel like right now Nova's the third best pitcher on the team. Uh, you know, CC right now. I mean, it's hard to believe that they could keep continuing to give him a start every five days. And I I just feel like at this point there's there's no way, even with his resume and what he's meant to them since 2009, that he would see the ball in the playoffs. Right. I, I, and I think the most telling sign of CeCe's last start was getting hammered by lefties. Uh, he gave up two bombs uh, to left-handed batters on his last start. And I think that's really the most telling sign because he's always been able to handle the lefties well. Um, and you know, we, we kind of alluded to this a few podcasts ago, kind of right before the All-Star break, if I remember correctly. Um because we were talking about CC going to be on a short leash, uh, and, you know, only given a couple opportunities, and then my theory uh, would be the mystery illness that lands him on the DL, uh, and I think that's really what's going to come about. It'll be something that removes him honorably uh, from the rotation and really kind of you know, just takes him out of the equation, whether it's a tired arm, he has to get his knee drained, or whatever, whatever. Um, but speaking of tired arms, not to change topics, Von Nova, great bounce back uh, from his tired arm two starts ago. Uh, and yes, he is, I'll label him our number three right now. Um, and I'm okay with that. So we'll see uh, We'll see what happens on Friday, though. CC, big star Friday, CC. Tuesday and Friday, big days to watch. <laughs> 
When it comes to Nathan Nivaldi, and uh, I've been a pretty big critic of his because he throws 98, 99, 100, and can't strike anyone out. Uh, is that the league le- among the league leaders and hits allowed? Uh, and you know he does have a ridiculous amount of wins because he seems to go five or five and a third innings every start, and the Yankees score seven runs for him. But um, there's a lot of people who say, hey, he just wins games, and even though he has nothing to do with the offense, which seems to come to play every time he's there. Uh, for you, who's a pretty optimistic guy, and it's hard for you to really get on anyone unless their name's Stephen Drew. How have you felt about Evaldi? Again, your your job as a starter is to give us an opportunity to win. If you can go out and give five or six solid innings, three runs or less, that's a quality start uh, in anybody's book. So he's going out there and doing his job, and he's giving us a chance to win, and he's winning. So, I mean, again, it's really hard to knock a first-place team. It's hard to knock guys who are doing so well. He's leading the team in win, so... Uh, he's clearly doing something right. You don't need to be overpowering and strike everybody out. I mean, it's kind of odd that he's not. Whatever. That's baseball season. You know, it's how, it's how the cookie crumbles. You never know, uh, you know how these guys pan out or, or what their tricks to success are. Um, but as long as they're successful, uh, you ride that wave and, and you keep it going for as long as you can. And, and right now, the Yankees are reaping the benefits. Well, six years ago, uh, at the beginning of August, the Yankees-Red Sox had a four-game series uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the stadium. The Yankees swept all four games, uh, ending in that uh, a huge eighth-inning comeback on Sunday Night Baseball um, with mm-hmm. uh, Damon and Teixeira going deep. And you look now, and, and both teams since then have won a championship. Uh, the Yankees missed the playoffs twice since then, even though they had winning records. The Red Sox have had a collapse, a bunch of last-place finishes, and neither team's really clicked uh, and, and been able to get it together in the same season for a long time now. And here we are in, in August, and what, you know, when the schedule came out, looked like it would be a meaningful, uh, huge series in the Bronx. It's sort of, you know, a dud, and, and the Toronto series is really the one we're looking forward to here this weekend because of the way they've been playing and the team they have now. So, you know, it's been a while since we've gotten a real good Yankees-Red Sox meaningful series uh, towards the end of the season. And, uh, you know, it, it is kind of sad. I mean, I never want them to do well, and I hope they're finishing last place every year. But I do miss, you know, how pumped the stadium would get in the area around the stadium for those games in August and September. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially as a small business owner outside, you know, we, we miss that terribly out there. Uh, that was always something a series to look forward to uh, and count on, uh, you know, as being hyped up and back in the day. You could always feel the tension around the stadium. You know, there was a legitimate, uh, I wouldn't say hatred, but, well, maybe a little hatred, but, you know, there was a legitimate air of discontent, you know what I mean, between Fox fans and Yankee fans. It really all started to dissipate after they started winning a little bit, uh, you know, and then, like I said, you, know, you miss playoffs a couple of years and it goes up and down. And kind of the rivalry sizzles out and, and dies a little bit. Uh, but I think no matter where Red Sox are in standings, and no matter what the Yankees are doing, uh, Yankee fans are always going to hate Red Sox fans, and there's always going to be some sort of electricity. It could be minor, a minor pulse, but there's always a little bit of buzz uh, for Yankee Red Sox because it's still, there's still people who, uh, for the first time, are experiencing that rivalry in person, and they're the ones who are trying to make it, you know, the rivalry of the past. So you have those few hangers on that, that, that try to breathe a little life into it. But, yeah, it's, it's tough when they're in the basement. You kind of want these games to have a little bit more meaning. But these are, these are three games that, that we should handily win uh, and, and continue our march, you know. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, my girlfriend's from Los Angeles. She's a Dodgers fan. And uh, last week I went out to uh, 
City Field with her to see the Dodgers and Mets, and uh, I never really go out there. I, that's only the second time I've ever been there. And uh, to see the Mets fans watch Kershaw, you know, nearly throw a perfect game against them, and to see them as dejected as they were, and how bad their team was, and now to see what they've done over the last few days after some moves, um, you sort of look ahead to that series at the end of September, which will be played at City Field, and it feels like. For the first time in a long, long time, long I'd have time, to say, yep. you know, at least 06 or 07, uh, the New York baseball rivalry is back. Yeah, I mean, talk about a, a complete 180. Uh, you know, that that whole Bots Flores trade night uh, was ridiculous mess, you know, <laughs> and it was typical Mets. I mean, and they were getting torn apart on social media. And I mean, I, I almost kind of almost felt a little bad for them. Uh, but then, hey, man, make some big moves. Uh, you know, a big, big bat coming into the lineup, which they desperately needed. And, and they're on a tear right now, playing some great baseball, uh, also in first place. So, yeah, September series could be a playoff, a World Series preview. Who knows? But there's a lot, a lot of baseball between now and then. And I think the real question, and you, you know, you really have to ask, you know, a hardcore Mets fan, but I mean, how much do they really, really believe or how much are they just riding the wave right now? I mean, like, come on, you've seen the class before, right? <laughs> you know, and no matter how many times you see the Titanic, the boat always sinks in the end. Um, so, I, I, you know, it, in you have to have take it with a grain of salt. I'm sure Mets fans, look, you're in first place, love life, be happy. I'm happy for Mets fans. I'm happy for New York baseball. I like that stuff. I think it's all great for everybody. Um, it stokes the rivalry here, uh, the inner borough rivalry, if you will, which is kind of replacing the Boston rivalry in a sense. Uh, and I'd much rather talk baseball with my neighbors uh, who are Mets fans than you know, the, the random Red Sox fan that I run into on the street. So, uh, <laughs> like I say, I, I, I think it's great. I want to see them keep it up to an extent, but, uh, you know, Titanic always sinks in the end. Well, I know you're not a, a city field goer either, but you were out there recently for the Foo Fighters. So, Foo Fighters, yeah. Does that mean I've you're been there uh, twice? It was the two, two concerts. I've been there twice. I haven't seen a baseball game there yet. Maybe you're getting ready to go out there at the end of September. Then I think I, you know that might be uh, the first time I, I head out there. Absolutely. Um, you know, if it continues to stay heated like this and, and everybody's playing some good ball, uh, those would certainly be some games to check out without a doubt. Yeah, and you, we talked about this team since before opening day, and back then we were worried about everything, uh, question marks, unknowns up and down the roster, um, and then it, it started off really badly. It sort of got us to a point where we, we sort of peaked and we've stayed at this level of just, it's not you know too confident, but we're confident in the Yankees, we feel good about the Yankees. And I, I get a little worried that maybe we're, you know, because there's a six-game lead, because it's seven in the loss column uh, and, and seven over the Blue Jays in the loss column, and it's been that way for, you know, a few weeks now. Uh, you know, is there anything that worries you about this team, uh, aside from the fact that, you know, everyone getting hurt in, the, you know, in a three-day span or something? No, not too much. You know, I think that it, instead of feeling, you know, a relief of this last road trip, I think that... Uh, you know, the feeling in the clubhouse should be of excitement. Obviously, I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't know, you know, what what their feelings are and what goes on. Uh, they could be very excited that, you know, the, the longest road trips are all over. Um, but they should really be looking for a sense of optimism uh, and playing with excitement that this last month and a half uh, can be really a way to find teams or the team uh, and, and get ready for the playoffs because that's really the ultimate goal every year. And like we said, we have a great shot at winning the division this year. Uh, we're set up very well, and yeah, we're 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 doing a lot better than we all expected at the very beginning 
Uh, and even through the first you know month and a half, because we were playing a lot of streaky baseball, you know, we were getting killed, we were winning games or losing games uh, that we weren't expecting to win and lose. And we were very, very streaky. You didn't know what to expect. And in a way, I think that's the only quote-unquote fear I have uh, is that we're going to revert back to those streaky ways. But I think everybody's kind of gotten past that gimmicky stuff. Um, you know, go back to that mustache thing. You know, they're, they're looking kind of for fake ways to bond. And uh, I don't think they need that stuff anymore. I think they're proving that they're a good ball club. Uh, production from the whole lineup is, is the key right now. That's going to take up the flax and the pitching woes that we're feeling. And, uh, yeah, this last month and a half, very, very important baseball. So very excited, very looking forward to it. A lot more, I'm looking forward to this last month and a half now than I was looking forward to the beginning of the season back then. So. <laughs> Well, there was a point in the season where uh, Tanaka, Pineda carried the team. Uh, there's been pretty much the whole season where Batantis and Miller have done their job and carried the team. And then A-Rod at points, Gardner at points, um, Teixeira at points. So, you know, you look at this season now that we're four months in with two to go. Who would be your, your Yankees MVP now at the beginning of August after four months of baseball? Uh, uh, you know, I, of course, I'm very partial to A-Rod, so uh, <laughs> <I'm gonna> go. <laughs> You know, how can I not give that to A-Rod if they, you know, not only carrying the team uh, offensively, but doing the right things, uh, you know, off field in a way, you know what I mean? He said everything right. He's done all these great interviews uh, about playing clean and how happy he is. And I- I'm just happy to see him turn around. I think he's the spark um, that's really driving everybody. Obviously, Tessera's health, um, you know, is equaling his producti- productivity. Um, he's obviously a very strong candidate for MVP on the team as well, but yeah, I'm going to start my boy A-Rod. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like uh, the way A-Rod's played after missing basically a year and a half and coming back and being the player we saw really the last time we saw this sort of production was probably 2010 from him, um, and now he's back to being his old self where uh, he's a dominant threat at the plate every single at-bat, and he, he still has the little patches where he goes up there and you know looks lost for a game or two, but he gets it he gets it right back, and that wasn't, wasn't happening a couple years ago, and especially wasn't happening in the postseason where it looked like he had lost his ability and lost it for good, so it, it's good to see him back. It's good to see Teixeira uh, making up for what he did to us the last three years by either not playing or, or being injured. So to have them back and hitting the way they were um, really five and six years ago when A-Rod used to hit fourth and Teixeira hit third, uh, they've become, you know, at least in the conversation for the most feared 3-4 combo in baseball. Yeah, I mean, definitely really carrying this team right now, but don't discount the top two spots because the table setters, Ellsbury and Gardner, are the keys to their success. Uh, so I think the top four is really what carried us through uh, that first month and a half, two months, uh, along with those brief stints where the pitching was picking up. You know, like the, you, you briefly alluded to tonight, I agree with that 100%. Um, everybody at certain points uh, has been pitching into the point where they're carrying the team. Uh, and that's really what you get from a, a whole team effort, and that's that's why we're doing so well. Uh, we, we've been able to maintain the lead in the AL East, and... and, and, and The more I talk about it, the more excited I get about the next (laughs) couple of weeks. Because, like, you sit here and you're like, "Eh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you're like, wow, man, this is really lining up pretty well. Uh, You're looking at these individual elements that are starting to click. And, I mean, I'm believing my own hype. So, yeah, and that's great. But I I think the Yankees are are a very exciting team. 
to watch right now. And I, again, we were not thinking this at all three months ago. You know, we were we were not even remotely going to consider being in this position three months ago because we were left with so many unanswered questions. You know, what if this? What if that? What's Didi Gregorius going to do? How are we going to go on without Cheater? How are we going to do? And you know, you time time is told that that the Yankees march on. Exactly, and uh, and now with the season in the spot that they're in, I feel like the most important thing is not only winning division, but either getting the, the number one overall seed in the AL, which will be tough with the Royals, or at least getting that two spot over the Angels or Astros, because uh, yeah. while it's nice to make the playoffs, uh, you know, for Yankees fans, especially one like you, small business owner outside the stadium, having those first yeah, two playoff home games at home is huge. Yeah, definitely. You want the home field advantage whenever, whenever possible. So, yeah, we, we would love to see those games. Uh, but, yeah, time will tell how, how that all pans out. Got to get to the show first. So uh, I'm happy to make it there. Anything we get out there is, is extra. So uh, any of those playoff games are all gravy. Well, I saw uh, you tweeted today anyone has a, a 56 Yankees jersey. So <laughs> I, I thought you were having a Tanyan Sturts party. We are having a Tanyan Sturts party. Uh, you know, we're doing, a, we like to do some charity events of our own out there, uh, in the bleachers. And, and you know, we're, we're linked up with a great organization called the Pinside Dreams, uh, Sports Foundation, where they do raise money, uh, for, you know, youth sports teams, get some new equipment, help them with travel expenses and whatnot. Uh, and we are hosting the first annual Tiny Sturts Night in the bleachers, section 203, this Friday night. Uh, Tiny's coming out. Uh, we also have Summer Scotch Fridays on Friday nights and most of I take, but you know, so we're, we're going to hang out with Chinon on Friday night, and we have two other great special guests. Charlie Hayes uh, is coming to hang out with us, as well as Fritz Peterson. Uh, so all three guys will be hanging out in Section 203 on Friday night. We had a bunch of tickets, uh, you know, through the, the foundation that kind of went. Uh, I don't know if you can get your hands on one of the secondary market, which should definitely, definitely be a fun night. I don't know how many people have gotten to know Chinon over the years, but he is uh, a very, very fun dude. Uh, so Friday night should be should be one for the books. All right, Vin. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, we have it's just another short homestand. I, I keep hearing about all these home games they have left, and every time I look, it's like a six game homestand. So, well, this, this point, one's a short one, but we go away for a little bit, and we come home for that big banger at the end of the month, and then uh, then we're home forever. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that September schedule is going to be pretty favorable to them. But we have uh, we'll have a lot of these left to do uh, throughout the regular season, and it looks like we'll be doing it in the postseason for the first time in three years. So um, as long as they it. keep winning and stay in first place, we'll keep doing them. So I look forward to the next one at the beginning of the next homestand. All right, Neil. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it.